So I've got good news and bad news. <laughs> the good news is more people are becoming aware of the risks and inefficacy of the COVID-19 so-called vaccines. That's, that's good news. We've been pushing for that for, well, almost two years now. The bad news is that since they are allowing it to happen, they being the powers that be, the globalist elites, their pawns in government and corporate media and even big tech, the fact that they are allowing this to take place does not bode well for us. This means that they are entering into a new stage. Now, I've talked about this topic before on a different show. I think I talked about it on the J.D. Rucker show, which you can always follow on Rumble or Brighteon or BitChute. You can get to the Rumble version of it over at jdrucker.com slash rumble. And actually, the easiest way is to uh, to find me wherever I am. You can always go to jdrucker.com slash find, and that, that has a link to, well, links to pretty much everywhere I am. But for today's show which we are combining. Today's show will be on America Out Loud talk radio, as well as Red State Talk Radio. And America First Report, my, my top substack, will be running this simultaneously uh, across those channels so that everybody, everybody gets a, a view. Uh, I did a survey, a, a check of the audience last week and the week before, trying to figure out if it was beneficial or if there was a need for me to do separate shows rather than having one show across the board on the J.D. Rucker show and all the various substacks and podcasts and uh, radio networks that we're on. And it was decided that the audience is craving more content and repeating the same content on all the networks didn't make sense. So we are splitting out a lot of the content. The audio content will go as I said, on America Out Loud, Talk Radio, Red State Talk Radio, a handful of other smaller networks where the show is broadcast, the audio audio version of the show. And then we will be also putting all or parts of it on the various substacks that I have. People sometimes ask me, why do you have so many channels? Why do you have so many, so many uh, places? Why can't we just go to one place and hear everything that you do? And I tell them, you know, number one, that's it's challenging because I don't, I generally don't say no. People want me to go on a show. They want me to do a show on the network. I'll generally say yes. And I owe it to them as a, as a responsibility, as a duty to give them as much unique content as possible. But then there is also the risk that's inherent with topic that I talk about. Obviously I'm talking about the vaccines today. I might be talking about voter fraud tomorrow. I could be talking about climate change or any of the other various taboo topics where America first patriots are often challenged to be allowed to speak the truth. So being split up across multiple different channels means that I'm not dependent on anyone. Uh, if anybody shuts me down, I've always got somewhere else I can go. And that's so that's the, the general premise behind having what half a dozen sites, <laughs> working at thelibertydaily.com, doing various radio shows, various podcasts, various video channels. That's uh, that's the purpose there. So back to the topic. We are seeing this paradigm shift and it's a concern because it tells me that they've got something else planned. That This isn't the end game. The end game was at least what many of us thought was the end game was to get as many people 
as many men, women, and children across the globe injected with the COVID-19 vaccines. And that was definitely an intermediate goal. But I think now we're starting to realize that they're expanding on that concept, that they're not satisfied with the whatever percent, I don't know, even know how much it is, 60, 70, 80% of the population, could be far less, you know, especially if you include areas such as um, the continent of Africa, where where adoption of the COVID vaccines was much lower. And oddly enough, also COVID-19 itself is much lower there, but that's a topic for, for another day. So whatever the percentage is, they're not satisfied with that. So now it seems that they are allowing the narrative to leak out, allowing corporate media to talk about adverse reactions, to talk about lack of efficacy. They're allowing big tech to, uh, I guess, release. No, that's not the right word. Um, Relieve, we'll say, some of their restrictions. Even YouTube, which has always been the most draconian of all the various social big tech platforms out there when it comes to talking about COVID-19 vaccines, even they have removed some of their restrictions. They are allowing people to talk about, basically to say the jabs don't work. They're even occasionally allowing people to say the jabs kill people. And that's a concern. You know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're all allowing more open discussions about this. And the reason this is such a huge concern is because it tells me that they're going to use this newfound freedom to push a new narrative and to arguably, I would say almost certainly, push the next stage of their plan, which I see as being the most likely scenario. The idea that now we, uh, now that they can acknowledge that the jabs didn't work and may be damaging, now they have to push something else to, to relieve that. Now, could you imagine if they were to come out and acknowledge and say, hey, guess what? So, you know those jabs we told you to take? Well, it turns out that the spike proteins created in them are really, really bad. And uh, it doesn't matter which jab you took, you know, an mRNA vax, a non-mRNA vax, whatever. The fact that you now have these spike proteins circulating throughout your body, they're not dissipating over time. They're staying in there for an extended period of time, perhaps indefinitely. That's, uh, that's not good. So we have to correct that with new jabs, new injections, new you know, vaccine for the vaccinated. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Try to correct the damage. I went on Twitter earlier and I said, hey, you can't, you can't uh, get unvaxxed. And maybe they'll say, no, actually you can. You can get sort of unvaxxed. You can still get the benefits of the, of the original COVID jabs. And now, of course, these new boosters that they're now rolling out that are specific for Omicron BA.4 and BA.5. These new boosters that will essentially make it to where even if you've been jabbed before, hey, you should probably get these anyway. They're, they're half half the old and half half new, I would say, that the reason they did this is so that they don't have to go through uh, new rounds of uh, pretending like they're getting it approved for emergency use authorization. They could just go straight to, hey, this is just a slight different variant of the original jabs, you know, 49% new, so it's uh, specifically for new, new strains of of COVID, new variants and subvariants. So that's how they were able to get past all that. With that said, I want to go ahead and play a um, a clip. You know what? I'm going to save that. We're going to save that for the next next segment when I get into the the spike proteins more. Let's go straight to this article from uh, the Epoch Times. 
Jennifer Margolis and Joe Wang wrote this over the weekend. It's titled, Unethical and Up to 98 Times Worse Than the Disease. Top scientists published paradigm-shifting study about COVID-19 vaccines. The reason that this is so important, I know the Epoch Times isn't exactly, I mean, they are corporate, but they're not exactly corporate media. They are, they've gotten in trouble. <laughs> it's always a good sign if you get banned on Facebook from being able to publish and post your stuff, because that tells me that they're, they're on the right track. And that did happen a couple of years ago to the Epoch Times. Now, you know, they will post stuff and they're, they're semi-mainstream, but I would say, you know, they're about 80%, you know, full-blown uh, truth tellers, okay, far better than any other other uh, news outlet of their size and magnitude. This is an international company uh, that that operates very much as if they were, you know, independent journalists. Very proud of of what they've done over there, being being able to maintain their structural size without being being co opted by by the bad guys. Now, I can't say that for sure. Maybe they are. Maybe they're controlled opposition. But if they are, they sure put out a whole lot of good stuff for being controlled opposition. So we're going to count them as one of the good guys. Anyway, according to the article, a team of nine experts from Harvard, Johns Hopkins, and other top universities has published paradigm-shifting research about the efficacy and safety of the COVID-19 vaccines and why mandating vaccines for college students is unethical. Now, before we go any further, I would say that mandating vaccines for anybody is unethical, and it always has been. And unfortunately, we're seeing starting to see a lot of these mandates lifted. Well, that's just too little too late. Okay, how many people? I, I think it was it was either United or American or one of the major airlines. They there's all these anti-vaxxers and America first patriots and conservatives and libertarians and people were were cheering because they lifted their vax mandate for employment. You know, they said, okay, so we're going to stop this. This is a couple of months ago. And, you know, I'm thinking, why are you guys cheering? If, if you actually re read the article, you'll see that the CEO of the company was bragging about how like 94% of his employees had already been vaccinated and they were just going to shift to education to try to get the, the ones that remained. That's not a victory, folks. Yay, we got a, we got the, the mandate lifted after approximately 30 or 40% of employees took the jab when they normally wouldn't have. Okay. It wasn't a victory at all. We lost. They won. They got the vast majority of their employees jabbed and in order to keep their jobs. And they, they, I'm sure it was a great victory for the handful that remained who were you know, concerned they were about to lose their jobs. Now they don't have to and they didn't have to get jabbed. But what about the people who didn't want to get jabbed but did it anyway so they wouldn't lose their jobs? You know, we have to understand that sometimes our victories are actually defeats. And that was one of them. So back to the article. This 50-page study, which was published on the Social Science Research Network at the end of August, analyzed CDC and industry-sponsored data on vaccine adverse events and concluded that mandates for COVID-19 boosters for young people may cause 18 to 98 actual serious adverse events for each COVID-19 infection-related hospitalization theoretically prevented. Now, let me repeat that because I... I don't think that it was very clear. Up to 98 times, 98 times, more people, more young people who were jabbed experienced adverse reactions than the number of them who could have gotten COVID you know, hospitalization had they not been injected. The idea 
And the thing they were pushing once the once the truth started coming out in the early days that hey the jabs don't stop infection they don't keep you from getting infected they don't keep you from spreading the disease if you are infected but and this was the big but the asterisk they still tech they're still using it today even though it's been debunked they said but but if you get injected you will have a lower chance of hospitalization and death and we still hear this today anytime a celebrity or you know it's always a woke celebrity who's been jabbed four or five times or a politician and it's always a politician who's been jabbed four or five times or an athlete or whoever whenever they come down with covid and they make their announcement on on social media and they they put out a statement through their press agents or whatever it's always that hey you know experiencing mild symptoms yeah you know taking you know, doing the appropriate protocols very happy and pleased that I got vaccinated or it could be much worse. Really? How many times have you seen articles where somebody you know, famous, first of all, how many articles do you hear, uh, how many stories do you hear about where somebody who was unvaccinated gets really bad COVID? I mean, you just don't hear that. It's not happening. Okay? Not at least amongst celebrities, not amongst uh, conservative politicians. You don't hear about a whole lot of them saying, yeah, no, I'm unvaxxed and, uh, and I got, I got COVID and now, it's, now I'm in, in trouble. You don't hear that because it's not happening. You don't hear about Hollywood actors you know, saying, I got COVID and I'm unvaxxed and I wish I was vaxxed because this one's really bad. I, I keep track of this stuff, folks. And if there is one out there, I haven't seen it. There's two or three. I haven't heard about it. And people send me this stuff all the time. I'm, I'm wanting to see this. I want to because it will it would actually help me make the case, <laughs> you know, when you see this one one story compared to the dozens of others that we've posted over the various sites that I'm on. Stories about the vaccinated getting sick, getting COVID, and then thanking their doctors for for jabbing them four or five times. We don't see people coming out and saying, "I got sick." I'm unvaccinated, and I really wish I had been. Or, I mean, you're not even seeing, yeah, I got sick, and I'm, un, I'm unvaccinated. You, you don't see that very often at all either. So what does that tell you? Back to the article. The paper is co-authored by Dr. Stefan Boral, an epidemiolo uh, epidemiology professor, learning to read, still working on it, epidemiology professor at Johns Hopkins University, surgeon Martin Adele uh, Macari, MD and professor at Johns Hopkins, known for his books exposing medical malfeasance, including Unaccountable What Hospitals Won't Tell You and How Transparency Can Revolutionize Healthcare. And then Dr. Vinayak Prasad, a hermitologist oncologist who is a professor in the UCSF Department of Epidemiology and Biostatistics, as well as the author of over 350 academic and peer reviewed articles. But among the team of highly uh, high-profile international experts who authored this paper, perhaps the most notable, is Salman Kashijvi, MD, PhD, current director of the Harvard Medical School Center for Global Health Delivery and professor of global health and social medicine at Harvard Medical School. Kashavji, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Kashavji, has also worked extensively with Partners in Health, a Boston-based nonprofit co-founded by the late Dr. Paul Farmer on treating drug-resistant tuberculosis, according to his online biography. So in other words, this article, this paper, 
I should say, not the article, the paper, the study, was not conducted by some crackpots out there who, who've been pushing anti-vax theories for years. And I have talked to those people. I highly respect those people. Okay, these aren't, you know, longtime true believers. These are doctors that wanted it to work. They're just discovering, hey, it didn't. They didn't want them to be, to be. Uh, they didn't want to be proven right about the jabs being dangerous because. Because, number one, they're doctors. Number two, they weren't saying in the beginning that they thought the jabs were going to be dangerous. They haven't been, been fighting against vaccines their whole lives. They just started very, very recently based upon the data, based upon the facts, based upon reality. So these are this study of all the dozens, maybe hundreds of studies that demonstrate the lack of efficacy and safety with the COVID jabs. This might be the one that hopefully will wake some people up. After the break, we'll get back to talking more about this story and, uh, and also my theory as to why it's all happening now. So stay tuned. I think it's surprising to many people when they hear that a good chunk of the precious metals companies out there, even ones that are recommended by fellow conservatives, fellow patriots, that these companies are actually donating, their executives or even the companies themselves are donating to the Democrat Party. They're participating or actively engaged in working with uh, companies affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party. This shocks people, but let's face it, this is that's capitalism. That's how money works, and and who's going to, to benefit you know, make the economy tank, make the dollar tank and benefit gold and silver better than Democrats or the Chinese Communist Party. So I guess it makes sense to them. For me and for my audience, we recommend an America First company and actually two of them. You can go to jdrucker.com slash gold, jdrucker.com slash gold, and you'll find the two companies that I recommend. Pick one of them or both, and you will be very satisfied that you did. It's funny that I'm not a doctor, despite my mom really wanting me to be. I am not a doctor. I did not go to med school. I actually didn't even do well in sophomore biology class. But with that said, I do get a lot of questions. Probably, probably the most prominent question as it pertains to the jabs that I receive from people. They ask me, hey, of all the doctors you talk to, you talk to, to Dr. Carrie Madej, you talk to Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, you talk to Dr. Peter McCullough, you've talked to all three of them on multiple occasions, you know, the, the various doctors you talk to, what do they say as far as what to, what to do if you have been jabbed and now you realize it was a mistake and now you want to fix any damage that you've done? The only one who actually had a real, truly valid response to that question was Dr. Sherry Tempany, and her her answer was repent, <laughs> repent and pray, pray to be healed because there's nothing we can do. Now, another doctor that I interviewed, the late Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, good friend, you know his passing is is so tragic. It just it's still to this day it just it bugs me because he really was a legitimately good man. Who, who left us far too early. But in his time, 
he did make the most of it, and he was able to put together a protocol, two of them technically. He put in, yeah, of course, the ZStack Life protocol, which we've been talking about for a long time, but his newer one, the one that uh, his, his achievement right before he died was to put together ZDetox. You can get your own ZDetox or ZStack Life. I, I do believe in both. You can go to zstacklife.com slash freedom. That's zstacklife.com slash freedom. And especially if you've been jabbed, I strongly recommend ZDetox. Now, again, I'm not a doctor. I have had doctors say, yes, it may. It does have, seem to have the type of the type of nutraceuticals that may have a, a beneficial effect for those who have been jabbed or for those. And was one one doctor did tell me, you know, even if you, it's possible to actually multiple doctors have told me this, but one doctor in particular told me it is possible that even if you have been jabbed, that you might have some spike proteins floating around in your body because of vaccine shedding, which we have seen uh, that that does appear to be the the case, at least a possibility. They were able to find spike proteins in wounds, open wounds of people who had been vaccinated, which of course, for a long time, the CDC and the FDA said that wasn't possible. And then they quietly removed the, that claim from from their websites. Now, I guess it is possible. And uh, we're seeing based on studies that it's actually happening. Point being is this, if you go to zstacklife.com slash freedom, get your Z detox. I'm not going to make any promises. I'm not a doctor. Even if I was, uh, I would have to see the studies to know for sure if it can help to repair some of the damage. One thing we do know is that whether it repairs that damage or not, from the jabs, we know for sure that it does have beneficial, beneficial uh, effects on your immune system in general. It does make your immune system stronger, more resilient, more powerful is probably the easiest way to put it. And, uh, and that, you know, jabbed or unjabbed, doesn't matter. We could all use a little bit of that in today's world where we never know when the next pandemic, the next bioweapon is going to be released. So zstacklife.com slash freedom, zstacklife.com slash freedom. We've got this article here from the Epoch Times, authored by Jennifer Margolis and Joe Wang, titled Unethical and Up to 98 Times Worse Than the Disease, Top Scientists Published Paradigm-Shifting Study About COVID-19 Vaccines. The risks that a lot of, and this was geared towards students, okay, what they really wanted to find out was, you know, these these young people, young, mostly young adults, but also even teens, we already know that, that children, babies, have essentially zero risk from COVID-19, okay? Even if they contract the disease, it just doesn't do much to them. That's, you know, the exact opposite of a lot of diseases out there. There are many diseases that will basically be non, non uh, harmful or unharmful to to adults, but they can be deadly to children. When it comes to COVID, it's the exact opposite. It seems the younger you are, the less it affects you. The older you are, the more likely it is to have a detrimental effect. So they wanted to do this study and look into the effect on teens and uh, adults, young adults, and their studies. Study revealed some pretty, pretty. Uh, eye-opening stuff. Let's get back into the article. This is a subheader called Risking Disenrollment. Let's get into, again, talking a little bit about what was at stake and what, you know, we've talked about people being forced into the jabs. You know, now, to be clear, I'm not a fan of saying anybody was forced, okay? 
I don't care if I was an airline pilot or a doctor or whatever, whatever my job was that, that, uh, where my employer required vaccination to continue working there, I just wouldn't do it. I can say, you know, it's easy. Oh, you know, it's easy for you to say that you're, you, uh, you're on radio, you're, you're doing your thing. Yes, it is. But I do experience plenty of cancel culture, uh, when it comes to my stance on the vaccine. So there's that. And even though I did not personally go through a vaccine mandate, I can say with a certainty that I would not have allowed myself to get jabbed. I would have had to find a new job, even a new career, regardless of what I was doing. Because this, to me, has been and will continue to, to get worse in the eyes of many, but it always has been too far, too much of a risk. I'm not even looking at it from the, from the uh, you know, religious objection perspective, okay? I'm talking just straight up, this drug sounded dangerous from the beginning before they rolled it out, proved to be dangerous after they rolled it out, and no, I'm not letting it get near my arm or the arms of anyone in my family, period. Sorry. Anyway. So, yes, yeah, so we've talked about a lot of people being forced into this. Uh, students, you know, maybe they felt the highest degree because what are they going to do? It's not like they're, you know, they're working towards this. When you have a job, it's like, okay, so you have revenue that's coming in. You have your, your money coming in. So you'd have to go find something to replace that. If you're in school, you know, let's say you've been, been in school for three years. It's not like, okay, so if... Uh, if I drop out of school because I don't want to get jabbed, it's okay. At least I got three out of the four years done. I can apply that. No, it's it's an all or nothing thing. Either you get your degree or you don't. It, life changing. So I do I do feel for those who got jabbed, even though they they didn't want to. Um, but again, it's no excuse. They weren't forced. Okay, back to the article. As the study pointed out, students at universities in America, Canada, and Mexico are being told they must have a third dose of the vaccines against COVID-19 or be disenrolled. Unvaccinated high school students who are just starting college are also being told the COVID-19 vaccines are mandatory for attendance. These mandates are widespread. There are currently 15 states which continue to honor philosophical ex exemptions and 44 states and Washington, D.C. allow religious exemptions to vaccines. But even in these states, private universities are telling parents they will not accept state-recognized vaccine exemptions. Based on personal interviews with some half a dozen families, the Epoch Times has learned that administrators at some colleges and universities are informing students that they have their own university-employed medical teams to scrutinize the medical exemptions submitted by students and signed by private doctors. These doctors, families are being told, will decide whether the health reason given, health reasons given are medically valid. The next section is the important one. Five ethical arguments against mandated boosters. Okay, and this is, again, these are coming from scientists. This isn't some journalist or blogger or podcast or anything like that. Okay, this is coming from the scientists. Though rarely reported in the mainstream media, COVID-19 vaccine boosters have been generating a lot of controversy. While some countries are quietly compensating people for devastating vaccine injuries, and other countries are limiting COVID-19 vaccine recommendations, the United States is now recommending children 12 and older get Pfizer, BioNTech, uh, Omicron-specific boosters. And young adults over the age of 18 get Moderna's updated shot. At the same time, public health authorities in Canada are suggesting Canadians will need COVID-19 vaccines every 90 days. Against a backdrop of confusing and often changing public health recommendations and booster fatigue, the authors of this new paper argue that university booster mandates are unethical. 
They give five specific reasons for this bold claim. Number one, lack of policymaking transparency. The scientists pointed out that no formal and scientifically rigorous risk-benefit analysis of whether boosters are helpful in preventing severe infection and hospitalizations exists for young adults. Number two, expected harm. A look at the currently available data shows that mandates will result in what the authors call a net expected harm to young people. They, this expected harm will exceed the potential benefits from the boosters. Number three, lack of efficacy. The vaccines have not effectively prevented transmission of COVID-19. Given how poorly they work, the authors call the, quote, modest and transient effectiveness. The uh, expected harms caused by the boosters likely over outweigh any benefits to public health. Number four, no recourse for vaccine-injured young adults. Forcing vaccination as a prerequisite to attend college is especially problematic because young people injured by these vaccines will likely not be able to receive compensation for these injuries. And then number five, harm to society. Mandates, the authors insisted, ostracize unvaccinated young adults, excluding them from education and university employment opportunities. Coerced vaccination entails, quote, major infringements to free choice of occupation and freedom of association, the scientists wrote, especially when, quote, mandates are not supported by compelling public health justification. The consequences of noncompliance include being disenrolled, uh, losing internet privileges, losing access to the gym and other athletic facilities, and being kicked out of campus housing, among other things. These punitive approaches, according to the authors, have resulted in unnecessary psychosocial stress, reputation damage, loss of income, and fear of being deported, to name just a few. <laughs> Sorry, I have my, uh, my uh, wonderful second pup. Well, first pup. She's the first pup. She's not really a puppy anymore, but she likes to, uh, she likes to be in the studio with me and occasionally she makes the makes a noise or two that's that's the challenge with doing this live and not reading it off a teleprompter so yeah so this study and i'm going to read more about this in the next segment but i want to i want to touch on what they've they've talked about here and again this is written in a way that does seem to be targeting the targeting the um What's uh, the normies? I guess the best way to put them, the people out there who maybe they have already dismissed any COVID nineteen vaccine conspiracy theories. Maybe they already think, oh, you know what? Those people are loony, and now, now they're starting to ask questions. They're starting to hear about their own friends and family. Maybe they themselves experienced adverse reactions. They're starting to hear about athletes dying on the field or at least collapsing to heart attacks, myocarditis, pericarditis, strokes, young and otherwise healthy athletes just dropping out in the middle of the field. They, they hear about you know, older people, not elderly. I'm talking about just older adults in their 40s or 50s who probably shouldn't be experiencing massive, massive uh, heart challenges. And yet they're being sidelined. Sometimes they're dropping dead. We hear about former athletes dropping dead. We hear about current athletes dropping dead. We hear about non-athletes dropping dead. And yet nobody in corporate media is asking the question, you know, were they vaccinated? Now, if they get COVID, then that's the first question. Oh, were they vaccinated? 
Oh, they were. Dang. We were really hoping that this would be that rare, almost almost non-existent case of somebody who was unvaccinated getting COVID and getting hospitalized and being a famous person. We never hear about that, of course, because it just isn't happening. It just isn't happening. The people that are getting COVID and getting you know, sick, showing symptoms, maybe even going to the hospital, if they're a famous person, vast majority of them, and I say that because I haven't seen every single case, but literally every case that I've seen for the last three months, they've all been vaccinated, all of them, politicians, athletes, stars, celebrities of some sort, jabbed, jabbed, double jabbed, triple jabbed, quadruple jabbed, new jabs, doesn't matter. Oh, thankfully they're on Paxlovid. Oh, wait, now they got it again, a week later, a month later. It's crazy. It's as if, it's as if these government-approved treatments and these vaccines are actually making it easier for people to contract COVID-19. You might think, oh, now that's crazy talk. Except, what if that's true? Okay, I'm not talking about immediately after taking the jabs. There have been studies that show that a person who gets, you know, say their third booster, I think it was, no, it was fourth booster. A person who gets their fourth booster actually does have less of a chance of getting COVID-19 for like the first 22 days or something like that. But after that, the efficacy drops and it becomes negative efficacy. In other words, somebody who's been jabbed for their fourth time three months prior is actually more likely to contract COVID-19, more likely to be hospitalized from it, and more likely to die from it than somebody who's never vaccinated in the first place. There are studies that show that. But this article, and the, it seems the target of this study, is to alert the normies. As I said, the people who are out there who who maybe just need a little bit more information to realize they made a terrible mistake, and they should probably go to zstacklife.com slash freedom, zstacklife.com slash freedom, so they can try to heal. But you know, whether they do that or not, doesn't matter. They're starting to ask questions. They're starting to wonder, did I make a mistake? And they're starting to look for information such as this, so that they know, do we get the next booster? Because there's going to be more. It's going to be endless. Do we get our kids bo- uh, vaccinated or boosted? Because they're pushing all that as well. These are the questions that most people were not asking before, the vast majority. And maybe that's the case now. Maybe I'm, I'm delusional when I think that more people are waking up. It's anecdotal. I don't have the statistics because nobody will ever publish those statistics because nobody will ever ask the question, you know. But vaccine skepticism and reluctance both seem to be on the rise. And if that's the case, then... Articles like this are intended to kind of jolt people into into awareness, take them to that next level. Eventually, we do want people to be extraordinarily skeptical of anything, any of these these jabs. Okay, I'm not just talking about this one. I'm talking about any of the future iterations. You know, new booster, brand new booster, new new subvariant killer or whatever. We need skepticism across the board because, to me, this agenda is not over. After the break, we will be talking about that fear of mine, this fear that now that they're coming out with the truth, what lies they have planned for us next. So stay tuned.
My good friend, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, he left us way too early. So sad that he is gone, uh, but his legacy does continue. We do still support his foundation. We still support his company that is still benefiting the, the masses across the world. Those who have either been jabbed or maybe you've been been um, exposed to those who may be shedding on you. That's uh, becoming more and more likely as being the case. More times you're jabbed, the worse off you are, and the more you're likely to shed on others. Now, even if you've never been jabbed, you're not around other people very often, you should still consider getting Z-Detox or Z-Stack Life Protocol, either one. Both of them will help your immune system. It's been demonstrated by scientists, demonstrated by doctors, including Dr. Zev Zelenko. So go to ZStackLife.com slash freedom. That's ZStackLife.com slash freedom and get Z-Detox or Z-Stack Life Protocol today. cannot stress enough the notion that someday we're going to continue to get canceled. Whether you're listening on America Out Loud Talk Radio, Red State Talk Radio, America First Report over at uh, jdrucker.substack.com, wherever you're listening, we are all, all of us at all these channels, we are all just a, a cancellation away from not being able to be heard. I appreciate what Malcolm over at America Out Loud has done. He's put together some some very truthful people. And this has been, to me, it's been a wonderful experience. I've been doing this for now, oh, approximately eight, eight months, nine months, approximately, for with America Out Loud. It's been wonderful. But with that said, I don't know when when it's going to end, when something or somebody or whatever is going to cancel us. We do very well, the J.D. Rucker Show, my other show, does very well on Apple Podcasts, but I don't put any effort into that, not because I have anything against Apple Podcasts, they've left me on there for now, (laughs) but I don't know if that's ever going to change, because I have that concern. We've already been booted from Spotify, Spotify hates me, we were one of the first, and long before Stu Peters and others were getting banned on Spotify, I was getting nailed back in February, I think it was, of 2021, before there was even this push for uh, you know, right before the push for for vaccine truth, right before the the realities of the vaccine was even really known, we were getting getting hammered and canceled by by Spotify. So, and I don't curse. I think anybody who's listening to me, I don't curse. I don't say anything crazy, crazy. It might sound crazy, but uh, you know what? I, I guess if you're getting canceled, that means that you must be uh, you must be close to the truth, right? You know, if you if you're taking flack, that means you're over the target. So, so I'll consider it a blessing. The point being is that I would strongly recommend if you are close to your computer or phone or whatever, go to jdrucker.com/find. jdrucker.com/find. F-I-N-D. So it'll allow you to subscribe to the various shows, various channels, various websites, various Substacks where you can find me because you never know when the next one's going to be the, the one that takes me off of here or wherever you're listening to me right now. So always good to, to have a backup and to, to subscribe. And if you want to give money, you can always do that too. We love donations because uh, 
because you know we don't take Google money. One of the few conservative outlets out there. We just refuse to take Google's money. It just doesn't. No, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take Facebook money. I'm not going to take money from company, even though it's lucrative. And I understand why the vast majority of conservative outlets still bow to Google and Facebook. It it is definitely lucrative. It's more lucrative than what I do by by denying them. But with that said, I just can't do it. I'm not going to accept money from the Chinese Communist Party. I'm not going to accept money from the deep state. I'm not going to accept money from leftists who hate me. So, yeah, so there's that. Uh, back to the article, just briefly. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's a pretty long article. But, but uh, again, we're talking about why all this is happening. And they touch on it a bit in this article from the Epoch Times, written by... Jennifer Margulis and Joe Wang, titled Unethical and Up to 98 Times Worse Than the, than the Disease, Top Scientists Published Paradigm-Shifting Study About COVID-19 Vaccines. We talked about the ethical arguments. Now I want to get into the part about how the... Uh, uh, where to go? <laughs> I've got to find the part. I moved along. Oh, there it is. Mandated booster shots cause more harm than good. And remember, keep in mind, folks, you couldn't say this. You would get banned on Facebook, banned on Twitter, banned on YouTube, banned everywhere else if you said stuff like this. And now it's being said by, I know the Epoch Times isn't exactly mainstream corporate media, but you are seeing some in mainstream corporate media talking about that. And that should concern you, which I'll explain here shortly. But briefly, back to the article. But the documented lack of efficacy is only part of the problem. The researchers found further found that per every one COVID-19 hospitalization prevented in young adults who had previously been infected with COVID-19, the data showed that 18 to 98 serious adverse events will be caused by the vaccinations themselves. For every one, up to 98. 98 times. Even if it was 18. Forget the 98. Okay, that's, that's, that's one side. But what about the 18? Okay, even if it's 18 times. You're 18 times more likely to have a serious adverse event than you are from having the jabs prevent COVID-19 or hospitalization. It's just ridiculous. In other words, hey, you're probably not going to get hospitalized, but let's try to increase your chances of that. Let's try to try to do as much damage as possible by getting you jabbed instead of letting your natural immunity, your God-given immunity, do what it's supposed to do. So, whatever. Back to the article. These events included include up to three times as many booster-associated myocarditis in young men than hospitalizations prevented, and as many as 3,234 cases of other side effects so serious that they interfere with normal daily activities. At a regional hospital in South Carolina, the desk clerk sported a button that read, quote, I'm vaccinated against COVID-19 with big black check mark on it. What about the boosters? A hospital visitor asked. It's starting to seem like we need too many shots. Clark agreed. It does seem like a lot. It's hard to know what to do. But she did have some advice for the visitor. Just keep reading and educating yourself so you can make an informed decision there. I wish that that was the case. <laughs> I really do. I wish that we were allowed to make informed decisions without putting something else at risk. You should be able to look at something where adults and uh, for children, and there's still adults, parents, or guardians that can make the decision for them. But we should be able to look at Look at the pros, look at the cons, and make a decision for ourselves and not have that as the basis of whether or not we can go to school or, or go to work or go to a ball game or whatever. But I digress. Back to the article. This new paper is essential reading for anyone trying to decide if they need more vaccines. The authors concluded their study with a call to action. 
Policymakers must stop mandates for young adults immediately. Be sure that those who have already been injured by these vaccines are compensated for the suffering caused by mandates and openly conduct and share the results of risk-benefit analyses of the vaccines for various age groups. These measures are necessary, the authors argued, to begin what will be a long process of rebuilding trust in public health. It's important, I think, that we understand that, that, that these guys aren't out there to try to you know, they're not doing this study to try to say, oh, you know, everybody else was wrong. We were right. They're trying to push governments, push corporations, push big pharma, push corporate media, push everybody who's been hammering us for the last two years about getting jabbed, push them towards the right direction of saying, hey, you know what? Maybe we screwed up and we need to fix this. Maybe the jabs weren't as effective as we said from the beginning. Maybe the mandates were more damaging than than beneficial. Maybe these jabs should be stopped immediately because they pose more of a risk than any benefits that anybody might receive from them. That needs to happen or else all public trust in healthcare, here at least Western healthcare, at least the United States, American healthcare, will be lost potentially forever. I mean, you can't, you can't just harm millions of people and say oops well that's our mulligan we'll we'll try we'll try better next time no you have to actually fix this and that's my concern now <laughs> now we get to the meat of today's show how are they going to fix it why are they allowing this why didn't they just continue covering it up they've been doing it for the long longest time they've been saying oh nothing to see here you keep hearing all these media reports for months and i report them Almost, I would say, at least once or twice a week over at thelibertydaily.com with the same exact basic story that you hear. It's like, this person, such and such celebrity, young, healthy, everything's going great, and now they're dead. And the doctors don't know the cause of death. But we know for certain it wasn't the vaccines. I mean, Hello? We don't know what it was. We just know it definitely wasn't the vaccines. Were they vaccinated? Yes. Were they boosted? Yes. Was it recent? Yes. Did they die from that? No, definitely not. Well, what did they die for? We don't know. We can't tell. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's like that. Ugh, it bugged me to death. And that's not really how most of these stories went down. Most of the stories, the question was never even asked. They didn't even bring up vaccinations. They never brought up COVID-19. They never brought up adverse reactions. They never asked the question of why <clears throat> a young and healthy 20-something or 30-something developed massive heart problems, massive pulmonary problems, why they had heart attacks, why they dropped dead on the field or after running. We've been running marathons and playing soccer and playing football and, and doing all these things for decades, centuries. And yes, there's always going to be the occasional, you know, um, unfortunate death that occurs randomly. But this has been happening nonstop for months, for longer than months, since, since early last year. We'll say, I think it was approximately May of 2021. So about, you know, less than a year and a half ago is when we really started seeing the surge in celebrities especially athletes who were again otherwise healthy young and shouldn't have had a problem and yet they did shouldn't have collapsed and yet they did shouldn't have died and yet they did so the fact that they're coming out with this information now 
They're starting to to release, relieve the restrictions on being able to talk about that. To me, that says that something else is coming. They wouldn't have let this go because the narrative's still with them. Keep in mind, we might, you know, if you listen to this show, chances are you've heard this a billion times. You're at your your Uncle Bob, who watches CNN or Fox News, has never heard about this. Okay, but they're, they're now starting to, slowly but surely, they're starting to. And it's not because of our efforts. It's not like, hey, we pressured them enough. We, we've exposed the truth enough. No, they were, folks, they don't have to be convinced. This is one thing I think a lot of people fail to understand. When it comes to such things as vaccine efficacy or risks, when it comes to that, if the experts are saying one thing and they're backed by the government and they're backed by, by corporate media, they're backed by the talking heads and blue check marks on on uh, big tech platforms. When they have enough of those people that are saying, "Yeah, it's fine, get jabbed. It's it's good. It's safe. It's great," then they're not going to listen to us. They're not listening to this show. They're not. If they wanted to perpetuate the scam, the con, for another year, maybe two, maybe three, they could have. It would have taken, I think, believe that long before enough deaths would have finally woken people up because they don't have to. Don't forget, with, with your average American uh, consumer of standard media, of, of corporate media, they don't have to be convinced that something's true. They just have to be able to have their belief or the, their disbelief suspended. Suspending disbelief in the efficacy and safety of the jabs, was that was the only requirement for big pharma, for government, for big tech, for corporate media. That's it. They just had to, to get them to not look in the right direction. They could have perpetuated that for a long time. Why now? And the answer, folks, unfortunately, is that something else is coming. They're already, as you see, as we read in the article, they're already pushing out these changed, these revised, these updated boosters. Okay, They got people to take, to take antiquated boosters and, and vaccines for the last year and a half. Vaccines that were based on a strain of the disease that hasn't existed since before the, the vaccines were rolled out. Now they're, they're pushing Omicron as being super contagious, especially BA.4 and BA.5 subvariants. Now they're saying, hey, you got to get this. What about monkeypox? Monkeypox. You know, they're pushing for monkeypox vaccines. Why? This is a disease that you know has a very clear target audience. Why are they pushing now the idea this being a massive, widespread challenge. Why are they saying, why, why do you have Tedros saying that it's a worldwide emergency? Why do you have them trying to get people vaccinated for this? The only reason they haven't even pushed it very uh, far so uh, at this point is because they don't have enough vaccines. If they had enough, they'd be telling everybody, yeah, go, go, go ahead and get your, uh, while you're there getting your booster, go ahead and get your monkeypox jab. They would be pushing that if they had enough available. They don't, not yet, but then when they, they will. Maybe that's it. Maybe they're going to be pushing that. Maybe it'll be hemorrhagic fever. They're talking about polio. There's all these diseases that either weren't an issue before or had completely been been eliminated. Now, all of a sudden, they're popping up. Why? One good theory I've heard, not good as in positive, but good as in seems likely, is that because of the widespread use of COVID vaccines, that our natural immune systems have been weakened. Not us, that uh, not the unjabbed, but the the vaccinated, the, the those who've been injected once or more with the uh, 
with the COVID shots, the now spike proteins in their blood, their immune systems have been weakened. This is why we're seeing a surge or resurgence of these various new or old diseases. We're seeing more variants pop up of COVID-19. You've got Fauci out there saying you're going to have to get your COVID jab just like you get your flu jab. You have people in Australia and uh, nations in Europe saying we're probably going to have to have quarterly boosters. If they're exposing this now, that the jabs are ineffective, to me, that says that they're going to come out with something that's going to either correct that, okay, or enhance it. Maybe they'll say, hey, you know, the, the boosters... These new boosters can not only keep you from getting the new variants of COVID, but they'll also help to reverse some of the damage that came from the first jabs. And guess who they're going to blame, by the way? When it is finally fully revealed that the vaccines harm people more than they hurt or help, I should say. Or even if they don't say that, maybe they they might even just come out and say, oh, you know what, they still help people, but there were a lot more adverse reactions than we expected, and it's Donald Trump's fault. Because Donald Trump pushed Operation Warp Speed. He wanted to get jabs out before the election. He made a political decision. Now it's his fault. You know, if we had just a couple, two, three, four more months of uh, testing, then then we would have been able to put out something that was safer. But we didn't. It's all Trump's fault. That's what they're going to say. One way or the other, the narrative that they're pushing the agenda is an ugly one. And it's designed to push us into the next phase because whatever it takes, whether with new jabs, new boosters, new new uh, diseases, they're going to try to figure out how to get as many men, women, and children injected as many times as possible. This is about depopulation, folks. This is about controlling the population that remains, the remnant. This is an ugly time in American history, arguably the ugliest we've ever seen. And it's up to us to continue to push this. Whether whether or not exposing the truth is going to have an effect, we still have to fight the good fight. We still have to try. It's our duty as Americans. Lord willing, I will be back very soon with another episode. In the meantime, you all stay strong, stay safe, and God bless. The current food crisis is only going to get worse. Now is the time to secure long-term food you can store at home so you'll never stand in the government's spread lines. Visit jdrucker.com food. That's jdrucker.com food.